Welcome to the PTA Elevation Podcast, where we help physical therapist assistant students pass the NPTE on the first try without wasting time or money. To learn more about the services we offer, find us on Facebook by searching PTA Board Study Group or fill out the form linked in the description. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's podcast. Today, we're going to be going over osteoarthritis. This is also called OA. That's what it's commonly referred to by if you're going to see it on a script or something like that. But for the boards, they'll write it out. No worries about any sort of abbreviations or anything. So let's get started. So anatomy associated with osteoarthritis. Essentially, osteo being bone. So it's where the bones are connecting. So at the joints. So this is going to affect any sort of synovial joint in the body. Most commonly, it's going to be affecting the weight-varying joints, so such as the hips or the knees, and that's why we see that these end up getting replaced. You can also see this in the fingers at the PIP and DIP joints, and they might get a little bit swollen, so that's one of the symptoms that we might see, but these are the common areas where we're going to see any sort of osteoarthritis. With that being said, it is the most common joint disease, so... That's something that we need to keep in mind as we're looking through the boards. If they're asking a question about this, there are probably going to be a couple questions that might be like a differential diagnosis kind of thing. OA might be one of those and the other one might be rheumatoid arthritis. So keep that in mind. So etiology, um, there's two different types. There's primary OA and secondary OA. Primary OA happens with the aging process, you know, idiopathic onset, just I believe that the literature supports now that at 22, you start developing osteoarthritis like in your spine and weight-bearing joints. And then by 70, it ends up being prevalent enough that pretty much everybody has it. So that's why we're seeing older people come in with problems with osteoarthritis. Secondary OA can happen as the result of many different things. One of the main things is trauma. So that's why you might see that all of a sudden a younger person needs their hip replaced because they were in a car accident or something like that. That could be because of trauma. And then also stress fractures. That's another thing. So anything that's causing stress to the joint itself on the either uh, the ends of the joint or even just in general, just the wear and tear of whatever they're doing. So this is also why we'll see OA happen with people who are working in warehouses on that tile and the concrete flooring because it's putting so much stress on the joint, they'll end up getting OA as well. Another thing is obesity will increase your risk of getting any sort of OA because of the increased weight and pressure on the joints itself. Think of the, um, the wolf principle or the said principle, specific adaptations to impose demands. If you're going to put more stress on the joint, it's going to build more bone. And that's kind of just what's happening there. So that's something that can cause OA with the osteophyte formation. They're forming osteophytes where they really shouldn't be because they're stressed. And that's why obesity might cause OA. And then also type two diabetes might cause this as well because it also has a metabolic component. So that is something that could also cause issues with OA. Another one is any sort of joint injuries. As I said before, those sports injuries are occupational due to either something crushing it physically with trauma or just the standing on those concrete floors all day. That could be another thing. And then any sort of neuromuscular disorders could also cause it due to the imbalance of structural support on the joint through the muscles. That could also cause any sort of OA happening. And this is usually with like MS and stuff like that. This is one of the symptoms that could happen because of this. So what does OA look like? So 
essentially what it is, is you have the osteophyte formation. That's just more bone cells that are projecting off of the, uh, the ends of the joint. So that's what the osteophytes are. This is most likely, OA is most likely going to affect the knee. This is the most common joint that it's happening with. And it's a big thing is that it could be unilateral or it could be bilateral. So it could affect both knees or it could just affect one. With RA, this is, think about this for differential diagnosis with RA, that's usually both sides, bilateral. OA can just be unilateral or it could just end up being both because you say, oh, I have one good knee, but then end, both end up being bad. So most likely affecting the knee, the symptoms and presentation you're going to see with this patient, they're going to have an antalgic gait. So they're kind of like hobbling on it. Maybe they're having like a step two on the steps and they're only taking it one step at a time. You'll see a varus deformity. So that's the bow leggedness. So that's where it's kind of coming out towards the sides rather than a valgus, which is where the knees are caving in, which is the knock knees. So varus is the bow legged and that's what we see with OA. Um, you'll also hear crepitus in if it's the knee joint, you'll probably hear it there. If it's the shoulder, you might hear it there too. It's the cracking kind of sounds, the like popping almost. It's like crunchy. That's kind of the best way to describe it. So you could just have crepitus because you have crepitus. And if there's no pain, then there's no issue. But if you are having crepitus with pain, we could be thinking any sort of injury or OA. So that's something to think about. Um, and the hands and the hands are when the hands get OA, it's more common in women that the hands will get OA. And that's usually going to affect the PIP. So proximal interphalangeal joint, those will end up having the Bouchard's nodes. And then at the distal interphalangeal joint, you'll have the Herberden, Herberden's nodes. Um, and so I like to think of it as B comes first in the alphabet and then H. So I think B is closer to the beginning, so closer to my body, and then H is farther away down the alphabet. So that's how I think the difference between PIP versus DIP. Then another symptom that you'll have with OA in general is going to be pain. And this is what's going to bring them into the doctor's office. And they're gonna be like, doc, I got all this pain in my knee, what do I do? And that's when hopefully they're sending them to us if we have a good enough relationship with the doctor. Or maybe they recognize this themselves and come to us and a PT for direct access. So they'll have the pain, they'll have the stiffness really bad in the morning, but it'll decrease within like 30 minutes or so. Once they get that leg moving, and I'm sure patients have come to the clinic, they're like, it's really stiff when I first wake up. And then after a while, once I, once I start moving, once I get out of bed, take a couple steps, starts feeling better. That's also the difference between this and OA and RA. So with OA, the stiffness will decrease. With RA, you'll have the stiffness for a while. So I think one of the criteria to diagnose RA is you'll have more stiffness upon first waking up in the morning for more than 30 minutes. So that's the difference. OA is less than 30. RA is more than 30. So how are we going to treat this? So we have many different ways we can be treating this. A lot of it's going to come from the doctor. So that would either be surgery, any sort of pain medication or steroid injections. So with pain medications, usually patients can be prescribed over-the-counter medications. They might be prescribed something that is like something ending in all. So any sort of dulls or alls at the end of the drug or whatever, that might be something that they're being prescribed, maybe not long-term, maybe it's just right after they have surgery, but something like that. So they'll be prescribed either pain medication or taking over-the-counter Tylenol and NSAIDs. 
Um, steroid injections might be something that we do. There's a bunch of different injections that you can do with steroid injections. That's just the, um, cortisone injections. That's the main one that you do. There's also a bunch of different types of injections that they do now that aren't steroids, such as gel injections. And those are kind of new on the market. So different ways that they can inject something in there to try to decrease pain and get the synovial fluid moving a little bit better. Cause it's kind of getting stuck in there as well with OA. So some non-invasive ways we can treat this though, we can do a lot of strengthening. So strengthening those muscles around the knee. Let's, I'm using the knee as an example, strengthening the muscles around the joint that is going to take some pressure off of it. So then they're not developing those osteophytes so quickly and it's not grinding together. I know a lot of patients come and say, I got bone on bone. Okay, well, it's not exactly the bone touching the bone, but we're getting pretty close. But we can also do some modalities with these patients. Now, usually with something with the itis, so the osteoarthritis, the itis part, we don't want to be giving heat to anything with an itis, but osteoarthritis is one of those kind of special ones where we can put heat on them because a lot of these older folk that have this, they just love having heat on them and it makes them happy. So if we're decreasing their pain by putting heat on them and then getting them to do their exercises, you know, it's kind of a win-win. So we can do some heat, we can do some ice, we can do some e-stim. Those are the modalities that we can pretty much use on these patients without an issue. We can also do lots of stretching exercises just to make sure that we're keeping that range of motion because a lot of time as those osteophytes are forming, we lose that range of motion. So we're just trying to make sure that there's still some mobility in that joint so then they can keep living their daily lives as fine as possible until maybe they might need surgery. We can work on ergonomics with them, making sure that they're like lifting things appropriately, that they're bending down, that they're squatting in a way that's not putting a lot of pressure on like their knees or whatever joint is causing issues, just making sure that they're moving in a way that's safe and not going to put more pressure on the joint and cause more issues. Aquatic therapy is also a good option for these folks because the warmth of the water, then also it's less pressure on the joint. So we're not making those osteophytes form as much. And generally a lot of older people just like the aquatic therapy because it, they feel like they can do more and then they can strengthen more. And then they're more likely to come to therapy and continue working on themselves. So honestly, it's an all around good option for aquatic therapy. Now our invasive options, as I said before, we can do a scope with debridement and that's kind of where they go in. They just kind of shave down all of the osteophyte formation and bones just causing problems and they kind of make it a little bit more smoother, but um, that usually kind of, it's a little bit of a band-aid on the issue, but for some people, this can work really well, especially in the shoulder or something like that. They just shave stuff down, get all the gunk out, and then you're good to go, but the most common thing we're going to see with somebody with OA is they're going to have their joint replaced. It's most likely going to be their knee, might be their hip. I've seen people's thumbs get replaced. It's pretty cool. Um, their shoulder is the next one that might get replaced. Any of those things with all the crunchiness and stuff, they need it replaced to have a smooth joint surface so they can get all that mobility back, whether it be their shoulder, whether it be their knee, whatever they need. That's usually the way that we're going to be fixing away by just getting rid of the bone and making it an artificial surface. So from that point over, we'll be treating them for that with general strengthening. So keywords I want you to think about when you're seeing something that might be OA on the boards, and this is kind of important. So I said unilateral involvement. So that's kind of to, a lot of these are to differentiate between rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. So the unilateral involvement, that's going to be more towards any sort of OA kind of thing. If we're thinking between the two, that that's the option because rheumatoid is both the weight bearing joint. So the hip or the knee 
those are going to be the ones that are kind of more affected because there's more weight and pressure and, you know, stress on those joints. So they're more likely going to be having issues with osteoarthritis forming. Crepitus, that's a big one because that's, there's only a couple situations where that will appear. And osteoarthritis is usually one of them, especially with crepitus with the knee. So it might be like the, the therapist puts their hand on their knee and they feel almost as if like a crunching kind of movement and a popping sound. So then you start thinking, okay, they have crepitus or like they're saying, oh, my knee sounds crunchy when it walks up the stairs. They might not use crunchy. The boards will probably use a more fancier option, but I like to say crunchy because that's literally what it sounds like. And then the Bouchards are Herberton, Heberton's nodes for the osteoarthritis in the hand. Remember, Bouchard's at the PIP because it's closer, so closer to the beginning of the alphabet. And then Heberton's nodes is the DIP farther away, farther down the alphabet. Then osteophytes, that is the hallmark thing of what's going on with osteoarthritis. The osteophytes are going out of control and they're forming too much and making it very, there's a, there's a lot going on in there. There's, it's very crowded with osteophytes. And then, as I said before, the difference between OA and RA is that OA will subside within 30 minutes in the morning. RA will continue. So if you're seeing something that might seem like it might be OA, then you see like they have had pain for like most of the day, that's starting to shift towards, okay, maybe it's RA. Everyone's favorite, the sample question. So a physical therapist assistant is treating a 65-year-old woman with pain in her left knee, as well as warm, swollen PIP joints. Based on this woman's diagnosis, what are other symptoms she might present with? So then we have one, ulnar drift, two, genuvalgum, three, genuvarum, or four, pain for two hours when waking up. So I'll give you a minute to think about this. So the answer is genuvarum. So as you're looking at this pain in her left knee, okay, unilateral, warm, swollen PIP joints. So that is the Bouchard's nodes. So that's OA. So you're thinking, okay, this person probably has OA. We didn't say what they had in the woman's diagnosis, but use those keywords to piece things together. So what other symptoms might she present with? Okay, so we said she has pain in her left knee. All right, let's look at the knees. We've already seen that she's got the swollen joints up here. So you're like, okay, this is probably osteoarthritis. Then you got to think, okay, so what else is going on? So ulnar drift, that is a symptom of rheumatoid arthritis. That's where the it starts going, the fingers kind of twist towards it. I can't, I can't even distort my hands to make it because you'll see they start like turning inwards. So genuvalgum, that is what the knocked knees, the knees are coming together. That is not hallmark of OA. That is more of a muscular imbalance or maybe an increased Q angle and just weakness of the muscles itself in the knee. Genuvarum is what happens when you have osteoarthritis usually. So she's already having pain in her left knee and we see that she's got other OA things going on. We're looking at the knee, it's probably OA again in the knee. Pain for two hours when waking up, as I said before, that's more of an RA kind of symptom. So this is a good question to think about the difference between RA and OA. And with RA, you will see the genuvalgum. That is another thing that happens with RA. I forgot to mention that. So another thing, looking at this question for test-taking strategies, you see that two of them are saying genu. So you either have genuvalgum or genuvarum. Kind of take a look at that and be like, okay, these questions, these answers are very similar maybe I should take a little bit more look at that. 
So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I will see you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.